As we hunkered down in social distance, this American Dice played a one-on-one campaign of Dungeons and Dragons, quote, the world's greatest role-playing game, unquote. Today, this American Dice brings you the third episode of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak from the D&D Essentials Kit. In this episode, Serafina and friends explore a dwarven excavation site and have their very first battle. But what are those rock seeker brothers excavating anyway? Near the western edge of the Sword Mountains, quite a walk from Aspire Peak, there's a little temple carved into a canyon. Mostly forgotten now, but long, long ago. There were some dwarves there, doing so well for themselves, they took to worship and greed itself. How'd it fall, you're wondering? Well, you could point to one conversation almost five centuries ago. Greet is good, Trove Father. The new tides from Fendervir arrived. Five more carts of gemstones. Greed is good, young one. We have more than enough for this equinitial sacrifice. Send a letter to Axholm at once. If you say so. Aren't you excited? With such a rich sacrifice, surely Abathar will curse our enemies and weigh down our pockets? That's just it, Trove Father. Our pockets are still empty. Abathor, the avaricious... Greed is good. Greed is good. He tells us that taxation is theft, yet we are collecting tithes from the king and the gnomes and even the mages... Yes, because those people are gullible and their riches should be ours. Yes, I know, but all those riches we acquire because we are smarter and more fit for them. Greed is good. We don't hoard them or even spend most of them. We destroy a huge pile of those well-earned gems and coins, two times a year. We don't destroy them. They're offered to the Gate Master of Greed and Riches. It's the power of his horde that sustains us. You're speaking blasphemy, and I won't hear it. So, so, so sorry. So sorry, Tro's father. You should be sorry. Go count your coins and think about what you've just said. All day. How many times do I have to tell these children to go and count their coins and get what do they That acolyte followed them orders, and sure enough put those thoughts out of mind. The problem is that the Trove Father, High Priest of the Temple, couldn't do the same. They had more than enough for the sacrifice, like he said, and wouldn't keeping a bit for himself just prove he was the most greedy of them all? The day the sacrifice came and went, and would you know it, turns out it was a few hundred gems short. Trove Father sat down at his desk all smiles until he felt his nose bleeding wasn't blood though, something thick and glittery, like a rich man's molasses. Tried to touch it, but his whole hand dissolved into gold. About then is when the earthquake started and, well, he found out for himself that God agreed he'd ain't forgiven tag.
Hello. What's your name? <laughs> Marisa. <laughs> My name's David. We're going to play D&D together. Yay. So you had some, uh, one, one entire adventure. You went on a quest, and you haven't even got there yet, but you ended up moving one hex uh, south from Fandolin, and you saw the, the big windmill kind of assaulted by this little baby injured manticore. Mm-hmm. And you decided to do that quest instead first. And successfully, right? Yes. Successfully um, sang him away, and now we're friends. So. But you had another quest. What was this? I think you, you have in your hand there. Okay. Dwarven excavation quest. Dwarf prospectors found ancient dwarven ruins in the mountains southwest of here and have begun an archaeological dig for treasure and relics. They need to be warned that a white dragon has moved into the area, taking the warning to them, then returning to Townmaster Harbin Wester to re- collect a reward of 50 GP. Heck yeah. I think you were going in like the late morning, early afternoon. Well, uh, off we are, off we go to find the dwarf brothers, the dwarf brothers in their mining cave because. We need to warn these guys immediately and take them back to safety. And I think Inverna, from walking behind you, um, just has her, you know, her hat down perpetually always. And she just, to no one in particular, just like, yeah, they got, uh, that dragon could be a problem, but I heard about them orcs too. Inverna, I understand how you feel. And for the orcs' sake, I hope we don't run across any of them. Because I understand that your hunger for uh, fighting cannot be quelched. Is that a word? Squelch? Yeah, you're damn right. It ain't going to be quelched nor squelched. <laughs> um, Feeny, like, you know, points over towards the area that they're walking and throws her ukulele on her back and, and takes one little foot in front of the other and starts walking towards the dwarven mine and calls behind them and says, we've got a mission to do. Let's go find these dwarves. And then yeah. starts walking towards the mine. Yeah. I think it's a uh, dwarven ruins, but I got you. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there's no white. Dig, yeah. Dig, 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 yeah. You found a mine and it's like, wait, no one's here. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh crap. Grab those giant rubies and let's go. Yeah. And I think it just, you know, the star Wars, like screen wipe away as we, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I said it out loud to you, but you can see I, the top of Ice Spire Peak, like in the distance in Fandolin is how tall this is. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, fun thing in D&D is they have this thing, box text, where they're like, oh, a different color. And it's like, here's some things you can read aloud. So, they don't have a lot in there, which I, I think they have the potential of being ridiculous or kind of good. Mm-hmm. It's really those only two. So, here's this one. Ready? Ready. The canyon's rocky walls rise to a height of 80 feet. At the end of the canyon... A 20-foot-high wall of black stone has a broken gate carved into it, with one stone door hanging precariously by a hinge, and the other missing completely. Beyond this open gate, in the shadow of a great mountain to the east, lies a ruined settlement. For now, all is quiet. Right before um, sunset, so it's like kind of twilight too. Mm-hmm. Inverna, probably just like a... There's only one kind of uh, people that would make a, a door out of stone that big. For no apparent reason. That's got to be the dwarf place they're talking about. Feeny, like, takes a really long, slow pan and, like, looks all the way up and steps back a little bit. And so she pushes on the door and the door is really heavy. 
Yeah, it's like broken open. It's not even not even there. But yeah, you can push on it. Kind of maybe it's it like takes like all of your strength to even move it a little bit, mm-hmm. like even to make it sway. And um, the two, the three of us walk inside the building. Yeah, and it's just kind of like built into this canyon, mm-hmm. right? And as you kind of walk through the, uh, you know, the, the main entryway, I guess, mm-hmm. you see all these, uh, like, it, they used to obviously be buildings, like, um, you know, almost like the stone foundations that were left, and a lot of them are, like, crumbled. Um, but it looks like, like a tiny little settlement, basically. Um, you could probably guess at some of the, the different buildings, like, oh, this one has a, what could have been, you know, a like a blacksmith furnace, you know, a hundred something years ago. And it just, there's a, one thing to know is there's a bunch of like, um, piles of rubble that look like, Oh, these are like put there on purpose. Like people are moving it. Like it's an actual excavation kind of thing. People have been digging through this stuff. And maybe, um, Feeney is looking around and it's kind of, not quite dark, um, like golden, sunshiny, peeking in through holes here and there, like just pools of light. And she notices like a well in the middle, you know, that seems to be like still functioning. And this is an ancient special place to these dwarves. Um, And in honor of the dwarven historic culture, I'm going to sing a little song as we walk around and maybe somebody will come out and uh, reveal themselves to us so that we can figure out where the dwarves are hiding. Oh yeah, and actually before you start this song, maybe this will paint how the song goes. In this, uh, the the War of the Silver Marches, you're in this kind of, kind of elite battalion, the the Argent Legion. So you probably, most, most if not all of your uh, commanders in this war were probably dwarves. Do you have like a strong opinion on just dwarves in general? I think that Feeney has, because she's worked with so many people and she's had to save so many lives, um, she views everyone for the most part as pretty equal to herself. And so she, especially since they had fought in the war together, um, she has respect for them and um, maybe like a little bit of fear because they're like, a little bit bigger and stuff, but you know they're like good people. I feel like she was friends with a, a dwarf or two in the army, yeah, the military. So yeah, what's what's kind of the gist of your song? Maybe she can like, uh, like oh, what's their god? Do they have a god? I can't remember. The dwarves. I think you probably know. I think it's common knowledge that like the main dwarf god although they have a bunch as well like the all father is called moradin oh moradin what (laughs) please guide us on our paths as we walk down the ancient ruins that house so many dwarf memories and love it's like the start of a Beatles song (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is actually um I call upon you now to watch us on our way and lead us to the dwarves who will help us in our slaying of the white dragon.
and um, <clears throat> old song that she learned from a, a dwarf when she was in the military. And so maybe like one of them kind of hears the tune and is like, oh, I know that song. One of your two companions or one of the dwarfs? One of the dwarfs. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. As you get further in, maybe you see like a, uh, like especially as the sun's setting, like a little fire that's set up near the end of this settlement, I guess. Um, and there are two dwarfs there. In addition, some more box text. You ready? Mm-hmm. A partially collapsed 10-foot-tall wall separates this courtyard from the settlement west of it. Three heaps of rubble are piled high in this area, hewn from the canyon's back wall. A 30-foot-high temple facade features steps rising to a stone platform. Cut into this facade is 10-foot-high open doorway flanked by crumbling, life-size granite statues of two cloaked dwarves. Evil grins can be seen on their weather-worn faces. And I think both of these dwarves uh, have their each of their hands outraised, like outstretched. And in one hand, they are holding this, um, like a dagger, and the other is just like open. But like, not like a, I'm gonna stab you, but just holding this, clutching a dagger kind of thing. Mm. That helps you, and they kind of look identical. They have little horns and they smile. Mm. But these two uh, dwarves kind of hear this singing and um, you kind of come into this little campsite that they're at. Um, there's some kind of animal, like a squirrel or something, I guess, like roasting on like a spit. It looks like they've like laid out a bunch of like stuff, like they've been here for a little bit. I mean, they're both dressed for traveling. One is like shorter and has darker hair, and the other one is a little bit taller, but has like lighter hair and like little tiny spectacles. And that's the one, the one with the spectacles that kind of gets up and uh, kind of rushes over to you. And she's like, oh, uh, visitors, are you here to uh, explore the ruins as well? And the other one's just like kind of staring, kind of glaring, and just kind of bites into this weird squirrel meal. Oh, no, my dwarf friend. Um, I'm actually come, come here with a message, and it's imperative that you hear me. And heed my warning. I've been sent by your family member. I'm here to help. My name is Feeny. And she smiles and she does like a little like... (laughs) Smile. (laughs) But um, he kind of pushes his spectacles up and puts his hand out. He's like, oh, Nundra Rockseeker. You must have met um, our our older brother in Vandalin, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's where we were um, camped out. Uh, for a little bit, we've been, uh, well, searching for something very special in the area. And he kind of leans in, you know, uh, conspiratorially. And then the other dwarf kind of gets up and walk, like stomps over and it's like, All right, Nundro, that's enough. They don't need to know everything. We're just here looking at these dwarven ruins. But you said uh, Gundren had something for us. And then again, Nundro kind of interrupts and just like, Oh my god. Uh, this is my other older brother, uh, Tharden. But we're the rock, the rock seeker brothers, and now you've now you've met all three. <laughs> yes, um, pay no mind, brother, big brother. Uh, we're not here to um, prospect your ruins. Uh, I understand, as a proud halfling myself, that your dwarven ruins are especially for your people, and I come here not to seek what you're doing, but just to tell you that there is a white dragon that has moved into the area. Yeah, and then um, Tharden 
is the the kind of meaner one or gruffer one. He's like, uh, yep, see, see what I told you? It's too, uh, too dangerous, this site. We had, a uh, an orc come through here earlier. We chased him into that temple and there's even more dangerous stuff inside. So I've been trying to convince this idiot that we need to go home for the last few days. And Nundro kind of puts his glasses up again. Just, he's like, oh, well, um, that, that was very dangerous, but I'm sure that, that orc did nothing, and, you know, these aren't terribly uh, sacred things. In fact, he looks up at these kind of horned dwarves up here. He's like, I actually uh, believe they this might be an evil dwarven god temple, which there's um, some historical accounts of um, an old god, Abathor, the god of greed, that used to have one in this in this very area who made the covenant with the, the dwarves and the gnomes and the humans of this area long, long ago, several centuries, and... Darden's just like, all right, Nundro, they get it. There's lots of problems here. We need to keep moving. We are not fighters. We're just prospectors. We don't have enough skills to, to fight these things in there. There's probably treasures in there, but that's not for us, right? And then uh, looks at you folks with your swords and everything. Oh, well, um, I'm a bard. And um, I'm just... Um helping out the townspeople uh, in exchange for a place to lay my head and, and play my songs. And um, over here, my friend Shanjan is a healer, and he's a mystical priest. He's a mystical priest. That's right. And um, Inverna here, she doesn't talk very much, uh, but she's a good friend of mine helping me along the way as a cowgirl. She's a paid cowgirl, but she's also my friend. Um, probably like cutting you off. And you said you saw an orc go in there? And he's like, yeah, we chased him. Just the one. And you, I mean, if you if you three have been traveling about, you probably know that once you see one, there's seven more. We can't really handle this stuff, but we've got a warrior and a priest and, well, I guess a bard. Maybe you could uh, see what else that we missed in there. And Inverna's like, oh, yeah, I'll go in there. You said an orc? Sure. I can certainly help if the orc is the problem. If we assist you with this orc problem, would you promise to um, gather all of the ruins that you've come to collect, and that way we can take you back to safety to see your brother? And uh, I think Nundro's like, oh, oh yes, of course. we, uh, Absolutely. And in fact, if there's any treasures and stuff, maybe... Uh, we could split them, uh, and then since you've you've you, I mean, you're putting your necks out for us, um, we did find a few things. And he kind of goes back to his uh, like campsite, and he's like, he brings out this staff. And he's like, this this one is a sort of a, a magical staff. I couldn't really figure it out. I think it's well some kind of bird related thing. And he kind of looks at one end, and it's got all these like carvings of birds. Like they look beautiful. Um, it's like a, I mean, I'm no wizard, so I can't figure it out, but maybe you're a priest here, or, or you yourself, I don't know. And also, this very fancy-looking helmet is also some sort of magical thing that we found in here. I don't know if this would be helpful, but you're welcome to these, since we can't use them anyway. I don't know, say half of whatever else you might find? Especially if there's anything historical. There, That is too kind of you. Um, I recognize this staff, and Shanjan, do you recognize this helmet? I know I've seen this somewhere before, and uh, 
no further assistance is required um, as your brother has promised me a reward when I bring you, you back to safety. But I do appreciate your kindness and uh, maybe I can call on you in the future when we need another gold piece. Tharn's like, hey, if you want to give us all the jewels you find there, that's totally fine with me. Well, I'll make you a deal. We'll take the staff and the helmet and then fist each of the jewels that we find and... (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) And that's payment enough for us. Is that that not fair? Sounds good. Because I get 50 gold pieces when I get back. I'm not trying to, like, take all these... Thanks, dwarves. I'm going to take all your shit while I'm here. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, So they give... Um, I think Shanjan, yeah, I think he already has a quarter staff. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, he does. So he just kind of leaves his regular old wooden one and just uses this bird one for now. He's like, I'll take this inside. And I don't know what you want to do with the helmet, but you can have that too. Um, I'm going to put it on my head because I'm a tiny person and this is an orc. So I'm going to put that helmet right on my head. I'm gonna put that hat right on my head. I'm gonna kill some orcs dead. I'm gonna put that helmet on my head. I'm gonna kill orcs till they're dead. I'm gonna put that dread helm right on my head. It's a wondrous item and it's common. This fearsome steel helm makes your eyes glow red while you wear it. That's scary. Yeah, so now you just have these red glowing eyes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably the, the staff you're going to have to identify, but you have the identify ritual if you want to spend 10 minutes figuring out at some point, but you I, don't need to now. I do want it at some point, yes. Yeah. I recognize that staff. I'd recognize that staff anywhere. Well, I'm going to one more time. Oh, Morden, please watch over us. As we go into the lair and we fight some orcs, cover you, cover us with your magical beard. <laughs> it's probably so so much creepier with your glowing red eyes. And then, um, you know, Feeny's basically like doing like a little prayer, guide Inverna on her quest to kill an orc but make sure that <laughs> Shanjan has protection as well and we live another day to fight the white dragon alright everybody grab your weaponry and let's go fight this orc for and Shanjan's like Moradin. For Moradin! And then she puts her ukulele on her back and then grabs her grabs her rapier in her hand. They're all for that. And then as you're kind of walking toward the, the entrance of this temple thing, um, Nundro kind of like runs over and he's like, Oh, oh, uh, one, one thing uh, I, I needed to uh, remind you about was that, so we, did, we saw the orc go in, but the problem, the reason we left is because there's some kind of terrifying creature that's also in there. I mentioned it, but I didn't, I guess... Uh, I should re- remind you that there's some kind of weird slime creature that fought us out. In fact, I have a theory. It's it's very much, it looks like a golden in color. I think that it might be um, some kind of related thing to this god, god of greed, Abathor. Maybe 
like some kind of evil transformation and then um Darden the other brother's just like all right they've heard enough come on they're about to go in watch out for the weird slime thing and then she turns around and looks directly at Inverna and Shanjan and says well this was not exactly what we signed up for but I know that we've come across many creatures before. Inverna, you focus on finding the orc. Shanjan, you and I focus on finding the slime monster. If there's one thing we're not, it's greedy. We can fight this together. Look at my pocket full of diamonds. <laughs> Is that something you have? <laughs> no, remember that's I'm going to just put a pocket full when oh, I right. leave. Yeah. So my point is, I'm not greedy. That's only a pocket full. <laughs> But I have seven pockets. <laughs> I'm wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> As every adventurer does. Um, anyways. Perfect. So, yeah, you walk into this um, kind of room and out. It's, like, much narrower. It's kind of, like, hewn into, like, it's obviously made by, like, uh, you know, some sweet dwarven construction team centuries ago. Uh, maybe there's, like, little frescoes in there. Mm. Like, oh, what? at this uh dwarf stealing a gem from another dwarf greedy but yeah the first thing that happens is you kind of push this door open and they kind of close would they close who knows maybe not but you can um maybe this is exactly when the sun sets and you realize wow there's it's completely dark in here mm. and Chan jan's like oh no uh did anyone bring torches and verna's like well i don't need them i didn't bring none i can see fine and my glowing red eyes, I can see fine, too. If only. You can only see the sides of your your helmet. Shanjan's like, oh, yeah, I can see a little bit better. But, yeah, it doesn't help you at all. <laughs> and I feel like um, Shanjan's got to, uh, he's probably got a torch. That kind of makes sense to me. Oh, um, what does your dancing lights do? Does that give, does that cast light? Uh, okay, fine. Let's do that. Let's dance some lights. I don't know if I forget what dancing lights does though. I don't know if it's better than your candle or not. You create. Oh yeah, I should do this. You create up to four torch-sized lights within range, making them appear as torches, lanterns, or glowing orbs that hover in the air for duration. You can also combine the four lights into one. I want to create four separate torches, and so I create four separate torches, and I put one in the in a corner of each room, or in the corner of the room. So like. North, south, east, west, like in every corner. That way I can see um, where this slime monster is, uh, no matter where it is. But, so, as you walk down this hallway, now now illuminate it. Um, That's me illuminating. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And what is it? Is it like a special color or anything, or does it change colors? I feel like it looks like a, a blue hot light, you know, or like when a fire glows blue. Um, you know? Oh, cool. So it's like white light, but it's like blue around the edges and um, floating there like a like like a torch without the actual physical piece of the torch. So you can see it's like sort of like going up in like a... Like... Oh, so it kind of looks like just floating fire. Kind of. mm -hmm. Cool. I like that. They're like these this blue lights everywhere. Mm -hmm. There four places. So yeah, awesome. So this this kind of continue this hallway kind of continues it's like a wide hallway. Mm -hmm. There's another uh, couple of uh, heavy doors that are 
maybe you realize, uh, oh, these doors are propped open by like someone hammered spikes down into this, the floor. Um, and in fact, you, you realize uh, before the second set of doors that there's this uh, open area to the left, like an open hallway. You kind of look um, and realize, oh, this is like, this is like a, sec- a tricky secret door. Like you can see it like half slid open. Mm. And uh, it, like, goes further down. So you can either keep going there or go to the, I guess, this is going to be the north. And you were originally going east. I was going to get you a little thing. You could draw a map if you want. Maybe I'll do that real fast. supposed to draw it yeah i think i'm describing it poorly because that's not what it looks like (laughs) but you can do whatever you want as long as as long as it works for you you said i go and then i head to the east that's the east and then i go north the the hallway was going east but it's fine just as as long as you understand it it works for me (laughs) all right so long hallway going east uh to the north you see the secret thing or you can keep taking the long hallway to the east Wait, I see this secret thing. Yeah, that was the door that is like slid open. You see it's like a tricky secret door that someone opened up. And I can choose to peek inside instead of immediately trying to find my um, slime monster. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Hey, Inverna. Shenzhen, do you see this door? Do you see this open door? It has a insignia on it. It looks sort of like a Celtic... S and an <laughs> and an ampersand. Does it? Cool. <laughs> I like it. Alright, well let's let's pop in here and see what's behind this special door. So yeah, you kinda of go into this room and it kinda of opens up later and um do you wanna actually roll uh maybe a perception? Sure. Or, no, this is a investigation. Investigation plus two. Ugh. So not great. A five. But um, yeah, you kind of, the three of you kind of move stuff around. Um, oh, actually, they're helping you too. So yeah, if you roll it again, you can just take the better one. Because when people help you, you get advantage. So you get to roll it twice. I okay. should have mentioned that. Eight. That's not, that's, so plus two is ten. So that's, that's a little better, right? Yes. So um, yeah, you kind of move stuff around and you just realize it's just full of dust and debris and yeah, just nothing of... Of interest or value really just more of these frescoes like uh just dwarves being greedy like maybe one's like hugging all of this uh like gold or something and one has like diamonds for eyes Mm. well what's another one what do you think would be a good uh dwarf and being greedy uh painting that they put on here a dwarf is stealing a gold piece out of a blind blind dwarf's pocket Mm-hmm. And he is a blind dwarf, and you can tell he's a blind dwarf because he has a piece of fabric over his eyes and a cane, and he looks like an old man. And then there's a young dwarf behind him pickpocketing his gold and smiling about it. Hmm. Those evil smiles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and you see like a motif that keeps repeating is um, this horned uh, dwarf that has like a dagger, usually a green dagger in one hand, and then like an open palm, like as if like give me something in the other hand. See that over and over again. And Shanjan's just like, oh, this must be that Abathor god. Hmm. That's very astute, Shanjan. But maybe now that the the ruins have been um, abandoned for such a long time, the god has come back to reap his gold. Well, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, in this world, there's there's a lot of evil gods that, you know, just people are just so selfish that they, you know, they turn to these dark forces to get certain powers and awful things and sounds i never really had heard of abathor but if he was some kind of dwarven god like greed is pretty selfish and evil i think you're right this is kind of a spooky place i don't know if i like it um well we have the dwarven god watching over us i know he heard our song what if we take note of all of the frescoes in here and search around to see if there's a way to kill the slime god of greed yeah and i think shanjan kind of like pats you on the shoulder and just like oh you know feeny this, this is why Taimora brought me to you you always see the, the brighter side of things and he kind of he was kind of spooked before but now he's kind of smiling well we're in this together shanjan and by the light of the almighty we're going to um put this evil behind us and uh and take everybody back to safety this is kind of like a this secret room is sort of a dead end if there was anything super interesting people must have ransacked it like other adventurers maybe like long ago in mm-hmm. fact everything looks like it was kind of destroyed like maybe there was some kind of situation that happened that broke a lot of the stuff that was here before uh oh look over here inverna shanjan this must be why the god of greed is now slime um <laughs> I don't think that's true, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it looks like his punishment was being turned to slime. Um, maybe if we can get him back into physical form, we can fight him. I like how you're playing this D&D like dungeon world. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, so this room kind of like, it's like a little room and then, oh, the, the far, far wall, like it might have kept going further, but it's like collapsed in on itself. Okay. But yeah, otherwise, like a dead end. And some, some interesting slime theories. <laughs> we'll see how those work. Look, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure if anybody knew that I've never played D&D before. I thought I could just make things up. No, I love it. That's that's a Dungeon World tactic. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I like how this is going. I mean, you might you might end up being right. So, yeah, that was kind of all of that room. But now, the three of you, I assume, back in the hallway. <laughs> with, your, you have to catch your dancing, dancing lights again. Yeah. Um. Maybe Shanjan's just like, oh, I'll, I'll just light one of my torches, too. You can keep those going, but just in case. Okay, great. Seems um, ex- I mean, I don't know if, if it is or not, but it seems exhausting to just keep casting that over and over again. Oh, you know, it's nothing. I just do this the whole time. <laughs> but we're good. Light the way and lead us to um, this evil greed monster, Shanjan. And so he's got this bird staff in one hand, the torch in the other one. That, and this continues. Alright, uh, you said he should be leading the way? Uh, I'm going to let him lead the way, but I'm going to be like literally right next to him. 
We're like making like a little triangle of people, like do do do. Okay. And he's and, he's got the torch. And then as you kind of uh, come out of here, Inverna kind of like stares at the wall, and she's like, "Yeah, we should. Uh, if there's one of these secret doors, there might be more. We should keep our eyes peeled for them too." I agree. We might find more interesting theories about the slime god. <laughs> well, it's not slime god. It's the god of greed is what I heard. <laughs> I think the slime thing is a little bit unrelated, but I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this thing goes uh, for a little bit longer and opens up into this big, just like a really big room. It's like a like the main area probably. Maybe there's like like the equivalent of like pews that have been like rotted and destroyed four like huge pillars that are holding up the ceiling mm-hmm. um, and as you if you keep going all the way down um, if you go to about the middle with the torch and everything you can see that there's this um, oh yeah blood a blood-stained limestone altar like on the far end of this mm. oh and importantly there is maybe Inverna is the one who fig- like points this out she kind of like draws her sword she called it what was her oh promise was her sword's name like a long sword she's like oh well looks like we might have been here a little too late uh, looks like almost partially digested like a uh, orc Ooh. and it has like a big like axe that was like maybe it's like still holding on and verna's like didn't them rock seeker brothers say that this just came in this orc just came in here earlier today hmm Yes, this is um, quite surprising. I for sure thought you were going to fight an orc today, Inverna. If this orc has been here for a while, partially eaten, then maybe the one that came in earlier is still about or has been devoured whole. Well, so I see the dead orc over here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of like right when you came in. I think the best thing to do would be to immediately check behind all the pillars and see if there are any other dead orcs lying about. And Verna, you check the altar and make sure that it doesn't have a an opening, like a cabinet. Yeah, okay, so as you go to this, uh, this pillar, um, can you make a perception check for me? You're, you said you were looking at the pillar to make sure mm-hmm. nothing was about? Nothing was weird about it. Mm-hmm. So it's another one of your skills there. What is your perception? One plus one. Okay. So roll that d20. And is Shanjan helping you or is he just... Check the pews. Make sure there's nothing underneath them, Shanjan. You check the altar and make sure there's no one hiding inside of it. And uh, I'll check the pillars. I'd be fine to help you, but sure. You are helping me. Okay. You're, che- you're <laughs> checking underneath the pews to see if there's any uh, orcs or monsters hiding anywhere. 20. Damn. Incredible. Ooh, okay, this is great. So a few things happen all at once. In this pillar that you're looking at, maybe the second one you looked at, you realize, wait, um, if I move this this way, this is a secret door too. When you open it up, and I assume your, your dancing light thing is here, it's illuminating you, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, um, all these dwarven skulls fall out of it. And then you hear um, just some loud cursing in Elvin. And you look around, and in front of the altar where um, Inverna was, you see this, uh, I wonder how big this is. Oh my god. <laughs> if you melted down a horse, like that amount of mass, so really big, 
kind of a puddle of this like disgusting gold-colored, like semi-transparent slime, like a, almost like jam, like jelly, like marmalade, and it's like moving on its own and kind of threatening Inverna. And now we get to make, we get to have a fight. Try to attack Inverna. Ooh, it does hit her. Not my boo thing. Oh man, yeah, that that was a pretty impressive one. It kind of reaches up with this disgusting like pseudopod thing and just kind of like slams her. So that like hits her in her like she's wearing like chain armor kind of thing. Um, and then it almost you hear this like sizzling of like some kind of like acid like mm. eating into her too. And uh, yeah, now after. The surprise has happened. We get to roll initiative. So that is a D20. Then you add your initiative bonus, which I think should be on your sheet. 13. And this guy, Shan Jan. Verna goes first. Monsters go second. You go third. And Shan Jan goes fourth. Yeah, she's going to try and hit this creature with her uh, longsword promise. Hmm. No! <laughs> so she got a one, which means that she misses. So she kind of uh, slashes at this thing and uh, maybe disgustingly like moves out of the way. It's the creature's turn again. Oh my gosh! So I rolled a 20 for the jelly, which is... You're really insane. on the jelly side right now. I, I mean, I'm not. And I don't appreciate it. Me and my crew don't appreciate it. So some, some special things happen. Uh, when I roll one, it's always a miss no matter what. When I roll a 20, it's usually a hit no matter what. And I get to do extra damage on this. So okay. this is looking real bad for Inverna. That's not cool. I think Inverna goes down. Fuck. Like uh, pushes her over and she's kind of, it seems like she's knocked out. Mm. But now it's your turn. Number three. Okay, well, I feel like I want to try to cure my friend, right? Not a bad idea. Yeah, and I think maybe so, as, as it uh, downs Inverna, it kind of like squiggles over. Maybe it's it's uh, going to try to go to you next. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to use one of my two things to cure her wounds and get her back up. Uh, creature you touch regains a number of hit points equal to D 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Okay, so your spellcasting ability is... Charisma, so what's the bonus for that? Big, oh, <laughs> two? Yeah, so 1d8 plus two. And so the way um, when combat's happening, before you roll that, um, you get to do an action and you get to do a movement. And your movement is, I think you're a little slower because you're a, a halfling. I think it's like 25 instead of 30. Mm -hmm. And you said you're kind of all, or you said specifically you're at the back pillar, so that's pretty close to where the altar was. Yeah. So you can probably use your, your movement to go over there. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm running towards her, and I can see this thing running towards me. Focus my laser beam eyes on her, and then I roll. So six. four plus your constitution, or your charisma, I mean? Yeah, so six. Yeah, please, how does that look like with so, you healer? I see this, this monster kind of coming towards me, and I run as fast as my little legs can take me, and I swing around to her and uh, cover her wound on her right side with my ukulele. And I press down, and I just play one chord. 
and all of a sudden it's like the flaming white blue light shoots out of the ukulele and it starts like you see these like um little sparkly stars kind of like stitching mm. her skin back together you know and like drying up like the blood and stuff and everything just starts to like magically like heal oh yeah it was like an acid wound so like yeah, and so like all of her skin, all of a sudden it's like sparkly and pretty and it starts to just kind of like back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And she's like, might have kind to you. She kind of clutches her sword like she's ready to go. Yeah. Um, well, I need you, Inverna, and you know I can't let my girl down. Now let's go slay this slime monster. Yeah, so that was your action, so go ahead and flip that over. Pretty good. And now, last but not least is uh, Shanjan, and um, just this thing lights on fire. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so, yeah, could you roll damage for me real fast? Um, what size oh, Another dice? d8. It kind of lights on fire, this like silver flame kind of comes out um, from this spell and it kind of burns off parts of the, uh, the slime, the jelly. And he's like, um, um, Shinjan kind of starts making his way over to you, but like strategically, you know, in the midst of battle, and just like, uh, uh, all right, I've got Inverna. Now we're starting over. So Inverna's back. I believe you have to, uh, yeah, spend uh, like your movement to kind of stand up, or half your movement to stand up, I think is how this works, who cares? Um, but yeah, she does that, she stands up, and now she's gonna try and slice this creature again. Okay. With her uh, six hit points remaining. But, um... Or do you tell her to get out of here? No, no. Does So did he light the monster on fire? Or... Yeah, he casts a he casts a priestly spell to do something. Right, so he's on fire, but she still is going to try to stab him? I mean, the fire fades very quickly. It just, like, burned it for a minute. Gotcha. Damn it, Emperor. Damn! So we're going to roll three plus, uh... What's your plus? Six? Wow, that's pretty good, actually. Okay, good. I feel like you're against my girl now all of a sudden. Ooh, and this is so big that that actually hits <laughs> wild, wildly enough. Um, could you roll a d8? Eight! Yeah, so Inverna kind of slices this thing right down the middle. Mm. You know, in twain. Inverna, it was worth saving you for this moment. And this is why I'm a part, I'm proud to have you on our team. Now let's finish him. You just hear a noise from it. You know, two halves of this huge creature undulate a little bit and start moving independently and she's like oh, by the gods that's not that thing's not dead we've uh, faced bigger problems than two slime balls before well let's see because now they're gonna attack each of you so one kind of scuttles over to you oh well I rolled a one <laughs> you're doing pretty good and the other one tries to attack Inverna, the one that just sliced it in half. Man, pretty good. Uh, for you, I rolled a one and a three. They split off, and now they're smaller, I guess. It's like as if a human were, or half of a horse, I should say, in mass. Um, it just kind of kind of reaches out, like the weird pseudopod, just kind of trying to grab your, tries to grab your feet, but you, how do you, do you just dodge out of it? Or? Um, I, jump rope? I, I, I uh, stab it with my rapier and oh, I yeah, jump well, yeah, over yeah, it. Sure. Now it's your right? turn. Right. Now it's your turn, so you can attack. Okay. Do so you want to rapier? I want to. Um, only one's coming after me. One's coming after her. Right. 
I, I can uh, assume like you two are like back to back. Yeah. So I like, you know, move my feet really quick and I just take my sword out and I go to stab it directly like in the middle. But just like not cut it in half, but stab it. Yeah, let's see. So what, a 21? Yeah, absolutely hits it. And then roll the damage that was right next to it. Seven, eight, oh my nine, gosh. right? Yeah, right? incredible. Okay. So yeah, pretty good. Um, did you, so yeah, it's not it's not dead, but you can tell like you, you pierce it and it's almost like popping a bubble a little bit, like a little like gross like liquid Stop stuff comes bubble. out. Yeah. So you can tell like, oh, you know, trying to pierce it is the way to go. Like, slicing mm. it it's just made it more of them. Yeah, oh, so he says, um, Mighty Timora, goddess of luck, please give your blessings to my friends. Kind of, uh, his eyes kind of glow and feel a blessing. Ooh, bless me, baby. And that is called Bless. You have the, the spell of Bless cast upon you. So Inverna, back again. She's like, well, dang, uh, I don't want to make more of these things. What else can I do, I wonder? Yeah, I think she's going to uh, disengage and uh, try to move it away. Mm. Which isn't going to be super helpful, but she kind of, you know, stares, kind of tries to get a second wind. She gives her uh, some extra hit points. But yeah, so she, she can't really fight this other creature, though. And in fact, it's that thing's turn. The one attacking Inverna. Mm. She had half of her move. Um, oh no, she can do her whole speed. So, yeah, she uh, it actually kind of scuttles toward her, but um, like it's not fast enough to actually catch up to her. Okay. So it's just kind of like spreading toward her. Yeah, she keeps it on the ropes, but the other one that's a, that's by you still mm -hmm. is going to try to hit you. Who? Yeah. So since I got higher than your armor class on my roll. I'm going to do some damage to you. So you take 9 damage plus 3 acid damage in addition. So 12 total damage. Is that temporary hit points? Nope, that's from your 17. So minus 12? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're looking pretty shaky there, right? Five. Okay. So you got 5 points left until you die. No. And now it's your turn. What happens if I die? Then we just... Stop playing. All right. So I guess I want to do an action. Yeah. Do you want to do an attack action? Yeah. This thing is still like leaking that weird liquid from that little hole you pierced into it. What's a thunder wave? Thunder wave! A wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you must take a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and isn't pushed. Thunder wave sounds pretty good, right? All right, I guess let's try it. And what kind of damage is it again? Mm -hmm. It says 1d8 something damage. Oh yeah, I've said it in Thunder damage, yeah, cool. So yeah, I think uh, a 15 foot cube, that might be uh, pushing it, but I think I'm, I'll, I'm okay with that. If since the one is kind of uh, sliming away, you can kind of position yourself. Pick up both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Or man, actually, maybe not. So. 
Yeah, because it was going away. So actually, you can position yourself, but you're, you're going to have to kind of lower your defenses for a second, so it might it's going to get a free attack on you. It, but it might miss. It missed last time. Okay. But you are low hit points, so that's a hard decision to make. All right. Uh, let's just try to go for it. I'm going to try to kill both of them. Okay. Oh, man. Pretty good odds. Four plus another four. Your AC is what again? My what? Your armor class. 13. Oh, yeah. So you're good. I dodge out of the way, and I see that they're both, um, you know, like, equal, equidistant from me. Like, if I have my arms out like a V, then I could, you know, see kind of both of them at the same time. And I yell to Inverna and um, Shanjin. Um, let's see. What should I call ourselves? Our fun team. Oh, that's a great, great um, question. Team T-Fighters! T-Fighters, sure. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, I don't uh, want to call the, them... The T-Leaf 3 or something? The T-Leaf, you know, the T-Leaves. Well, you can workshop that later. Team Fire Team! Team... Team Tiny Team Titans! <laughs> no? Teeny Feeny Team Titans. Teeny Feeny Team. <laughs> what was no. your battalion in uh, the war? I'm gonna say, <laughs> uh, T Warriors. Okay. No, actually, that sounds weird. No, I don't like it. Um, uh, I don't know. It says Bard. It says Soldier. We can come up with that later. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, oh, I got it! I got it! I got it! I got it! By the love of the strong heart, and they know that as their cue, the strong hearts, and so they look at me. Cover yourselves and brace for the thunder wave! And then she holds up her hands um, and brings them, like, you know, towards, and then gets already, like, grabs the air, like, really, really big, and, like, you can see, like, swirls of air over the, the, um, my hands. <laughs> And you can you can't see anything except for like swirls of air, but you can start to hear like rumbling thunder like from a distance. Mm. And then she brings her hands slowly together, and it's almost like it's really really hard. Like there's something blocking her way, but it's like all the clouds building up. And then all of a sudden, you just see her engulfed in a giant like black storm cloud, and she Whoa. Um, claps her hands together. Um, Stronghold Thunder Wave! Oh man, I am all about this uh, magical girl <laughs> transformation that just happened. <laughs> so yeah, these creatures get to try to resist it with a constitution save. So let's see. I'm going to do them in turn. So the one that you've already hit before, uh, plus two. So an eight is not a twelve. So one misses the one that you already hit. The other one that was chasing Inverna. Ooh, that one's going to make it. And Inverna herself is probably caught in this. Let's see if she can resist this. She's a good... Oh, yeah, easy. So yeah, go ahead and roll 2d8 plus whatever it just said. This? Two, two of these? No, yeah, you only have one, though. Okay, but I do it twice. And it's plus something? 2d8. No, it's 2d8. Four. Four plus. Five. Ooh, yeah, nice. So the one that you already hit takes another nine damage, okay. and so half of nine is four. 
Oh, and Berta takes some damage too. Also, okay. So yeah, the one that was close to you actually gets pushed back to the feet, and the other two are still there. But, um, yeah, it affects all of them like that. Pretty good. Pretty good spell. Okay. I won't lie. And now it's um, back to Shanjan. I uh, can't cast any spells because he's too busy concentrating. I think he. Um, oh, he might actually go run up to the one that you, that was chasing Inverna and try and bop it with his uh, his bird staff. Hmm. It's not the greatest of this though. Ooh, very bad. He got a one. So yeah, he, he's like, uh, don't worry, I'll get it. Throws this uh, staff down. It does does not hit. Him. Hmm. Now, over the round. Back to Inverna. So she, yeah, she still can't really fight anything. Well, dang, I don't know what, what to do. I just don't want to make more of these. Maybe if I uh, just hold my sword like this, maybe I'll just like hit it instead of slice it open. Let's find out. It's going to be harder. I haven't been trained in this. But hey, this thing's really slow and big, so I got I hit it anyway. Twelve. Eight. So yeah, she uh, she kind of hits it with the flat of her blade, um, which is, makes it harder for her to hit, but she was still able to not slice it in half and make more of them, which is really good. But now it's the two creatures' turn. The one on you. Thirteen. Wow, that was actually pretty close, but it misses you. Trying to attack Inverna. Oh yeah, it <laughs> hits for so much. Gosh, I think she's down again. Yeah, yeah it kind of just pushes her over again. Looks like she's uh, you know, dying again. Mm. The acid and everything kind of no. sizzling on her. It's back to you. And you, you are also, if you remember, blessed by Taimora's luck power right now. Well, I can't help her. I'm gonna try to... This one that you've been attacking is still kind of leaking juice all over the, the, you know, the stone floor of this place. Mm -hmm. And you just feel like a Holding your sword there, your rapier, it's kind of like glinting with Tymora's blessing power. Hmm. Alright, well I guess I'm going to stab it again. Yeah, go for it. So I'm going to... I've got my rapier on it already, and I'm going to grab my dagger from my hip. Because I have a dagger too. Sure. And I'm going to where it's um like got this bubbling like wound infected, and I've got a little bit of a special glint on my um, well, on your rapier on my rapier, and so I take the dagger out and I pop it right in where it's like um, bubbling up, and I like stab it right in the middle of that. Yeah, um, and this is good because since you're blessed, you get to add this D4 to it. Right. To roll them both at the same time. At the same time. Sixteen plus a, I don't Two. even know. Oh. And plus whatever your rapier thing adds. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. How do I find my rapier? Oh, right here. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Ooh, incredible! Yeah. So then go ahead and roll that d8 to do the damage. Twenty-two. Five. So you pop it. You like kill this thing. I pop it and it makes like a like a high pitched screaming noise. You know, like almost like a an air 
a balloon being deflated. Oh, I love it. And it's like, Mah! it's like shrieking in pain and yelling dwarven uh, curse words. Like that. Sure. Um, and we don't know what dwarves sound like. I'm making like weird noises and it's like shimmery gold starts to turn into like a brown dust. Mm. And then this brown dust like starts um, like seep seeping itself back into the stone ground. So like into the cracks and crevices and it's just like like inside. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. And it just it's... the one half at least is now dead. Okay. Shanjan. I think his eyes were glowing oh, as you were blessed. Oh, am I supposed to flip this over? Yeah, you did. He kind of kneels down and kind of makes a prayer to Taimura. Just like, Taimura, please bring back my friend. And he kind of heals her back a little bit. Okay. Although you, you notice that the the blessing on your sword kind of goes away. Seven. Very nice. So we're back. Now Shinjin's ass spells too. Yeah, Inverna. No, I think you know what she just uh, kind of gets up and just uh, you know has been knocked out twice now. She's got like all this acid damage still on her. Um, I think she just kind of runs away basically, or runs to the other side of the room and like gets out her bow and is starting to like, figure out her bow situation. But I don't think she has enough time to uh, do an attack or anything. Okay. But then it's that creature's turn. It's it moves very slowly. Like after I guess now it's really going after Shanjian. Ten. Ten plus four. It kind of hits him and acid goes into it, like his priestly robes. Um, alright, so he's attacked and yelling in pain. So I'm going to um, run over to where the the other one is, and it's moving slowly, and I'm just like, try I'm being really quiet, you know, like I'm sneaking up behind it, because I know it's like heading towards that way, and um, I motion to Inverna and Shanjan, like, be quiet, I'm sneaking up on it, and so that they just continue to look at it, and I, because now I know where to get it, so then I go and I sneak up on it, and I stab it right in the middle. Yeah, awesome. And I think since you and Shanjin are both kind of attacking it, you, you can take advantage on this because you're technically like flanking it. So you can roll two d20s and take the best one. Oh no. Well, two and a seven. Well, the seven is better, so add your stuff to it. Oh, okay. Seven plus four. So um, 11. And it's so big and slow that you are actually able to hit it even with a seven, which is um, pretty bad for this creature. Okay. So now you roll that d8 to see how much damage you do to it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still figuring out what dice okay. is what. You're fine. And remember, you get to add a certain number to this. I forget what it is. Two, I believe. Plus two. So three. Yeah, so it's kind of leaking out uh, more of this gross like gel kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's going even slower. It's like maybe mm -hmm. Shane Jan's just like. All right, uh, I think we're we're doing pretty good, and, but he although he's kind of maybe he's limping now because he's got hit pretty hard, and he does that spell again where he's like, um, Timora, please finish him off for us, with his weird bird staff, kind of points it at this creature and it kind of lights on 
fire again, like that silvery fire. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Oh no. Oh man, that's <laughs> very lucky. Uh, it gets a chance to dodge it, and it's has the worst dodging power ever, so it actually hits barely. Could you roll that d8 for me? Three. Nice. Okay, so yeah, it kind of burns it off and uh, does the same thing as you described, like it kind of then kind of pops open and the, the weird gel kind of starts flowing out and it's all like on fire still a little bit. It just kind of like burns up, sizzles, and this weird golden jelly monster is finally defeated. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This American Dice Presents D&D, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Your cast was Marisa as Serafina Tealeaf and David as the Dungeon Master. Austin helped with the opening. Music for this episode was An Ocean Wide by Sebastian Forsland. Additional music was Zombie Run and Happy Victory by Heatley Brothers, as well as Oblivion by White Sand. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe to our show at your favorite podcatcher, it would really help this American Dice. Austin will read every five-star review we receive on air in a perfect Australian accent. Join us next week for another episode of This American Dice. And remember, wash your hands and wear a mask. You can call on little wing baby one, once in the future if you yes. ever need some help. Mm-hmm. I got my wing baby in my pocket. Yeah, and the other hands. Playing a bard song. <laughs> <laughs> These are way too good. Um, Beautiful. Do you need me to do that again? The beginning because of her tapping? Let's see.